0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Shopstool Podcast, a podcast for woodworkers and the maker community in general. This is episode number 27. My name is Robin Lewis from RobinLewisMakes.com. I'm joined by Joey Chalk from KingPost Timberworks. Hello. And John Crawford from Periodic Furniture Studio. Hello. We live stream the recording on YouTube every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time or UTC Plus 10, or you can watch or listen to it later on YouTube, iTunes, or SoundCloud. I want to say hello to everyone in the chat. We'll get to your comments and questions towards the end of the show, but feel free to chat amongst yourselves, the idea being that this is also a place for people to meet. So no announcements this week. Um, well, none that I've got. So uh, let's get straight into uh, what we've been doing. Joey?
1: Okay. So last Friday, day after our last podcast, I started work on this little uh, white Warhung hung uh, TV unit. Um, It's kind of a little bit interesting. So I've filmed this one. Um, I've just finished it today, installing that tomorrow. So that's exactly one week for the job in and out. So that was pretty good. Um, Most of that time actually was just waiting for paint to dry.
0: And the customer was happy?
1: Uh, Yeah, actually paid me in full upfront because I've done some work for them before. So they just said, here's your money, just make a thing. The door's unlocked. We're not going to be home. Just install it and nice. that'll be that. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. Always, that's pretty cool. So that'll be my tomorrow morning job. Um, early this week, Monday, Tuesday, I had, so quite a while ago, I built these really large barn doors out of rosewood and cedar. Mm-hmm. And that was for this guy's kind of little barn built on his property and now he's building the main house and so he wanted a front door to match so he came in again and milled up um we we built exactly the same thing rosewood frame with cedar kind of panels and um so he helped me build that door interestingly because he just wanted to do it as a charge up so i was actually having to keep track of my hours for that and we built the door in eight and a half hours over two days. So I thought that's pretty, <laughs> pretty good effort, actually. It's good yeah. going. Um, yeah, it worked out. And then it was actually, I was really happy with how it worked out. So that was pretty cool. A um, little interesting job. I started this afternoon and almost finished it. It was just a capital J. It's, it's an solid. award for, yeah. yeah, it's an award for um, local magazine, Junction magazine which they happened to feature me a couple of weeks, weeks ago. I wonder if that was
0: the connection. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they do an annual awards thing. I'm not entirely sure how that works or what their award is for. Um, But they, they get a local maker to make the award each year. So I think last year it was a stonemason and he carved, carved the the J out of a block of some stone. Hmm. Um, So yeah, I have done a, like a, brass base, and then a um, veneered walnut J to go on top of that. So if I get some time tomorrow, I'll finish that off. So, so the, bit,
0: the J, is that going to slide over the brass pin Yeah. Or is it going to sit above it? Yeah, that will slide
1: over the brass pin. Um, but I, I mean,
0: will think you that, see the brass pin? Yeah, you'll see it.
1: Um, okay. So I spent the afternoon working out how to tap and um, whatever you call it, die, tap and die some brass together. Mm. Um, So that was fun. And that was about my week. Cool. Cool. John? Uh, My week has been
2: a bit on and off, but uh, I guess the biggest thing I've started this week is another commission, which is this time not a dining table, which is (laughs) exciting. It's a – it's how – I always struggle to explain it. So it's a room divider, bookshelf, but it's made to look like an old set of pigeonholes. So it's got way more, like, dividers than you would usually put in a bookshelf. and How how many are we talking? uh, So it's 2.5 meters long, and that has uh, seven bays in it, or six bays in it, I should say. Um, So... It's just a lot of uprights basically in there and then dividers throughout and it's it's made in two halves. So there's the bottom half, which is a bit wider than the top half uh, and it's like stepped. So the bottom is obviously the biggest hole and then it steps to a smaller hole. And, and So is
1: this double-sided then?
2: Uh, no, so it's just single-sided. Um, so so what, what do they see on the other side? Uh, well, the back is going to be uh, shipped. What was it called? Shiplap. Ship- shiplap. Yeah. Shiplap. lap latch um, Yeah, tongue Group basically, and it's just solid. And then on the other side of that is kind of, it's essentially like a giant living room, and they just wanting to divide yeah. it. So TV is on that side, Great. and then you know the more the nook of reading and all that's on the so other So did side. you
1: say what it's made out of?
2: Uh, no. So basically, this is like it's not the heart, uh, the the brain part section of the build because it's my own decision but basically I'm making it out of all the stock I had on my shelf of blue gum because it's but quite okay. like I, ah, it I was it 20, screen, yeah. 23 mil thick boards and only 100 mil wide so there's not much I could do with that material and I'm trying to make some space so I've mm-hmm. essentially quoted them the price it would have been if I was to make this out of plywood so you know none of the lamination of 100,000 boards and gluing it all <laughs> together um, but basically it's a way of me making some room on my shelf. It's a job on, and, um, yeah. it's just a lot of initial work to get the ball rolling. So it's been three days. Like the first day was entirely milling. Second day was entirely yeah. gluing up panels. Cause I'd, I'd glue up like 16 panels and then run out of clamps. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to wait a few hours and then unclamp and then do the next batch. And then,
1: uh, today, so- Kind of run everything through a sander and then so get it to like a workable piece like a piece of plywood
2: yeah essentially I mean. so today that's kind of where i got through today so everything went through the sander again and it's all uniform um and now i can start doing layout and you know the the right. easier stuff and you know the the budget for it isn't huge so i'm not doing anything too fancy with joinery but it is going to be done nicely i, w- I was considering um doing like just dovetailed casework, but then we changed from solid sides to frame and panel. And that isn't really any way I can see of incorporating that. So now it will just be standard kind of data and grooves. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, other than that, the saga of last week, the, uh, you know, the chopping board that I was going on about with (laughs) 100,000 emails. Well, he's so kindly, I hate it when people say this in emails. So kind we've decided to go ahead with you. (laughs) But quick query, and I said, oh, that's great. I'll send through the official, uh, you know, the deposit invoice so you can get 50% up front before we start building. Then nothing for a few days. And then yesterday I got another email saying, quick query, if we don't glue it down to the bench top, is that going to be an issue? And it's like, in my very first email, I advised against gluing it down no, it's not going to... I didn't say this, obviously, but yeah. what was going on in my head is, no, it's not going to be an issue. Just freaking pay me and I'll make this bloody thing or leave me alone. <laughs> um, so, I mean, so, he's still no deposit for a freaking chopping board, right? Like, yeah. Ridiculous, but... Um, I sometimes don't with, know.
1: with jobs like that, I'll, I sometimes I'll say, please refer to my email dated whatever... And, yeah and sometimes it brings it to their attention that, oh yeah, we've been emailing for like a month and yeah. um yeah, I probably should actually read this stuff. <laughs> it's not gonna be I'm not doing any more
2: emails to this guy. If there's any other questions, I'll ring him straight away because it's just getting to the stage of I've way I've gone way over what I've quoted you in just email correspondence yeah. time. So if you're not gonna go ahead, just up front (laughs) don't (laughs) don't don't waste any more of my
1: time because it's getting to that that stage of it's not worth it hey hey, you said um mentioned dado before so i think you said you're going to groove and date or dado your this thing together yeah um have you got a dado blade or what are you going to do yeah i've got a dado stack in the panel for in the panel saw, yeah, I yeah. just I've I've just got one set, set up, um, got it working Monday. I bought I bought my dado stack four months ago, just about, Right. and it didn't have holes in it to go over the pins on the, the panel saw at arbor, right? Because it's got a electric brake, in it, you know, yeah, designed you, it. you know to not undo the whatever. Um, so the guy I bought it from the, this company he said, oh you yeah, know, this will this dado stack's going to fit right on and then of course it wasn't drilled and so they took it back and drilled it they drilled the wrong size hole in the wrong place oh, great. and uh and then i just heard nothing it was just radio silence for ages and then i get an email saying look i'm really sorry i just don't know what to do we can't fix this right. <laughs> like okay. okay send it back thanks so uh, I got it back like the next day with the block of chocolate, so that was nice. Um, <laughs> and then we just drilled it out ourselves. <laughs> we drilled it ourselves in a day. We had to buy a, a carbide-tipped drill bit, but we just drilled the holes for the pins. And uh, and I tell you what, that thing is so genius. Yeah. I used it to make the tenons for that door. I was talking about. Like, I made six tenons in like three minutes. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's beautiful. It's, is you know, it that much of a game changer? Oh, it's just, just rebates, excuse. it's really nice. Uh, it's, um, I don't know if you're. With, sorry, go right. ahead. I was going to say, especially with the sliding panel saw, to to make you have the stop set up, and you can just repeat mm. all the the rail tenons are exactly identical and dead square, and yeah. shoulders are perfect. It's and you the door, door went together so easily. To do your
2: stop block, oh, your stops right. and all that, you can slide your fence out behind. Uh, a few, uh, must've been last month or the month before those two matched, um, uh, tables I did with the breadboard ends. I got a mm-hmm. lot of like, I got a lot of people, um, you know, giving me crap because why didn't you just use your track or sort to of cut it down? And the reason was, is I wanted to cut my cannons using my panel saw. So I had to make yeah. sure that I could get it to work, but like I, I removed all of that out of that video. But mm. it probably made what would have been a half-day job with a router and you know fence and setting it all up into uh, a yeah. forty-five minutes, and it was all done. So it's just mm-hmm. really quick. That, and I also spent five hundred dollars on a Dado stack for a panel saw, and um, I had to use it. So.
1: I was going to say how much <laughs> do you, do you have
2: to in that case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was like three hundred and eighty dollars, and then I also got some additional blades and stuff with it.
1: Yeah. So. My mine was about. I think I paid four eighty, and mm. um, the Felder one is like eighteen hundred. Yes, yeah. so I was like, Jeez. "Where's the next cheapest one?" <laughs> but actually, it was all the trouble I had. I just about bought it because I was like, "Oh, should I just get something that's made for this saw, or uh, just re-drill it?" But anyway, it was way cheaper yeah. to re-drill the one I had.
0: Jeez, eighteen hundred bucks. Sure. Yeah, yeah, they go, they go expensive. Uh, George, going back to the um, the blue gum you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Is blue gum, like if I go to a, 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 a Columbia and say I want some blue gum, is yeah. is that a specific type of wood? I, I always thought blue gum was a very broad term it's, for a lot of people. Yeah, sports. it's very broad.
2: Like every state has, except for Australia, uh, Western Australia, has its own version of blue gum. Mm. uh the blue gum i have is a tasmanian myrtle i think uh, okay which is a blue gum and i got it from the forestry commission because they did a uh what do they call it oh damn what's it say? an experimental um batch where they grew a whole heap of blue gum cut it down and then sawed it sawed it sawed it and then dried it (laughs) <laughs> and basically, just seeing the results, and they came to the conclusion that it's not subs- like it's not sustainable enough for WA to have its own blue gum reserves. So, oh, interesting. I got like a cube and a bit. I think it was 1.25 cubic meters of it from them. Uh, but every single board has Sharpie on it, where it's going over. Here's one defect. Not <laughs> right. how deep. It goes. Here's some splitting from drying. So it's just everything is drawn on.
0: Uh, which is—it's
2: <laughs> okay. not an issue. It's just you know I send it through the sander anyway. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can definitely tell it's a, a research batch.
0: It's—it's <laughs> it's funny that story. The—the the guy um, down the road, uh, the studio doubled where I made that tea box. Right. He's recently been because obviously he's—he's—he's he's, um, he's quite quite an expert in his field. He's recently been contacted by one of the local forestry bodies. Yeah, like decades ago, they planted an African mahogany plantation out in the Northern Territory somewhere, and it's now getting to the point where it's ready to be, ha- know, do you harvest trees? Yeah, yeah. Harvested. Yeah. Harvested. Right. And they've come to them and said, right, we're about to get all of this African mahogany. What do we do with it? You know, we, we haven't been continuing the growth because it was a, a one off plantation. Can you come and consult? for us and and give us some ideas on what we can do with it. And it's just such a weird thing. Like I have I would never have thought that you would almost get stuck with a plantation of wood like that.
2: Yeah, well, and it's a big problem. Like over here in WA, um, we used to have a lot of polonia, which is like a ultra lightweight hardwood, which is used mostly in boat building, but also in things like um, louvers and that sort of stuff. And it was everywhere. and all of these growers, because it's a fast plantation, um, they kind of, people got over it and then they're stuck with tons and tons of this stuff mm-hmm. and they ended up just bulldozing it and burning most of the crops over here. There is still a few small ones, but mm-hmm. you know, you get stuck with it and what do you do? You burn it or
1: you mill it. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, Actually, the Australian climate seems perfect to do, to mill uh, grow Sapelli. You know what like Robin was yeah. talking about you'd yeah think um, that that would be a good market
2: you'd think
0: I haven't seen mm. it anywhere but you would think mm. because I, I said to this guy this uh, this owner like isn't that something that you can just you can sell but he you know like from a from a woodworking perspective you know you could but he said the problem is is it's so much it's mm. just it's just an like unmanageable quantity of wood. And that's where the problem comes in. Yeah. And I guess that's why they end up just burning it because it's the only way to get rid of it. <laughs> <They're crazy>. Which, <laughs> Which is, is kind of sad, but it is the easiest way to deal with it.
1: Mm.
0: Oh my so just looking at everyone in the, in the comments talking about blue gum, um, I Dirk saying it's uh, from Sumo's project, blue gum is reddish in color. Not um, the ones I got, but yeah. And now, yeah, so when I think, thing, it was, yeah, every gum, in my opinion, is, 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 um, red, mm. but that stuff that you had was particularly white. Yeah. It's quite pale with like, it's actually got blue streaks
2: throughout it, which is really nice. Mm. So yeah, it's interesting. It's going to look really nice when it's all said and done, but yeah. And that's cool. our, our wood talk. So our <laughs> wood talk. On to you, uh, Robin.
0: So, uh, after we spoke last week, I got onto. I think I was tiling last week. Uh, anyway, a lot a lot has happened since the last podcast. I have finished the tiling of the walls. Um, all the silicon's been done. The shower is now operational. I had a, the plumber come in today and and put the the taps on. We weren't going to spend money on the tapware because we thought we'd try and reuse some old ones, but. At the end, we just said, you know what, let's just, let's just spend it, get the ornate ones that we wanted. Do you know those ones that you sort of, you, yeah. they, they and then you turn them like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they look so cool. They are so cool. So they're sort of horizontal bars that you turn inwards. Yeah. Um, it's like a quarter turn. It's full on, yeah. right? Yeah, quarter turn. Yeah. And the plumber says to me, I'm gonna go turn on the water. Do you mind just making, you know, just stand here. If the water's on, just turn the tap off. So I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. He goes out, turns the water on. The shower comes out. The this, the bath comes out, and I'm trying to turn this thing, and it's not right. going off. <laughs> and it's because they don't turn in the same direction. Right. <laughs> so my bathroom's bloody covered in water. Anyway. Uh, so so look, have, you had a, have you had a shower since in the last four weeks? Then yes, yeah, so I was just yeah, I was gonna say. So tonight, literally before the podcast, I had my first hot shower since the Easter long weekend, right? And <laughs> man, it was cool. So feel civilized again. You're like we, I've I've been bathing, but it doesn't. You know, I'm I'm a shower guy. I'm not yeah. a bath guy. And uh, man, it's cool. I've got one of those big, uh, really big shower heads. Yeah, you know the rain yeah. yeah and um yeah so so cool uh, everything in the bathroom i've done I've, I've done the i've painted the top half everywhere around the shower so basically the shower's done and dusted. it can be used that's it which is which is the the big step forward um then now i've got started on the toilet so finish the Uh, or done some more tiling on the floor built up a little stud wall behind the toilet because the old toilet had a separate bowl and cistern Mm -hmm. with a sort of arm that joined it whereas the new one is one of these suites Mm -hmm. where it backs against the wall so i've had to pull the wall forward going to make a nice little nib wall tiling behind it is in the same room or is it Have you got a separate toilet room separate it's next to the the bathroom but it's the shower but yeah um, so I've bu- built that little stud wall that's going to come out, framed out for the new window. So I've got to get the window ordered. Uh, but I'm hoping at this stage to have the toilets swapped out over. Well, it'll be swapped out on Monday, so I've got to pull it out over the weekend, and then it's back to functioning bathroom. So I've got the you know the shower and the toilets and everything's back to functional. Then it's you know hanging doors and that type of thing, but. If all goes to plan this weekend, I could finally get back to a properly, fully functioning bathroom shop. To be so good. This, um, yesterday I made a small, it's like a little wooden, um, I guess you'd call it like a tray for the baby changer to sit in. Right. It was just a simple thing made out of some pine and plywood, but it was so cool just to be down here again, just, with some wood glue, some clamps, and just making a thing again because I just haven't done any woodworking in about <laughs> two months. So, yeah, can't wait for this bathroom to be done. Then you
1: can, like, revive yourself for six months and attack the kitchen. <laughs>
0: well, I, 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 in my um, one of my latest vlogs, <clears throat> I talked about this. I don't know if I'm going to do my kitchen. I, I feel okay. so, so burnt out after this. Yeah. And, and I just don't know if I want to t- touch it. Like, just, yeah. just I'm going to pay someone to do it because it's <laughs> worth that money. I know what you feel like. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was, um, Leroy in the comments was saying, though, the problem is you can save a, a bucket load if oh, you yeah. do do the kitchen yourself. It's one, he was saying it was one of those super, um, they put a big markup on, on that yeah. type of work. And, um, you can always do like a,
2: um, you know the IKEA base units, and then do the finishing touches yourself. So you do your own countertops, and then that sort of stuff. And that's a good way of
0: doing it, where you're not having to do everything.
1: But the difference um, is, sorry,
0: carry on, Rob. <clears throat> I was just going to say, I'm not even doing the the cabinets. All I'm going to be doing in the kitchen is redoing the floor, replacing the doors on the cabinets because the carcasses are right. fine, right? And then, and then bench tops, sure.
1: Well, that's not too much. I was going to say the good thing with kitchens, I mean, bathroom is definitely the hardest room to do. Um, With the kitchen, you can can build everything yourself that you need, say, if you were going to do all the cabinets. I mean, you can take measurements right from upstairs, go down, build, have everything ready to go, assembled in your workshop. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then in a weekend, smash out what was there and put the new stuff in it's really it's pretty quick to just do change over cabinets if you're not Mm. stuffing around with too much plumbing but Mm. um yeah i definitely kitchens are are way easier than
0: (laughs) um yeah you're not you're not waiting for waterproofing to go off tile adhesive to go off. everything's a waiting game with the bathroom so who knows? I might, I might still do it, but at this stage, yeah, don't, don't even talk to me about renovating. I'm so, so done, <laughs> so done. So we're, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a couple, in a couple months. Yeah, until then, don't think about it. Yeah, I want I want to use some wood glue for a change and build a thing. <laughs> I've already got a job from my uh, in-laws. It's old bed heads that they want to turn into a coffee table. It's old right. it's old oak. So that's going to be the, the next job. They want to do a split-level coffee table. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this. I've got a split-level coffee table, but I don't know
2: if it's the same thing. It's just it's got two bits and one slightly higher than the other
0: bit. I'd never heard of this idea with – yeah, my um, brother-in-law said to me, yeah, I want to do a split coffee table. And I said, you're going to need to pull out your phone and show me a picture because I have no idea what you're talking about. And, um, yeah, it's just such a – I don't get it. I don't see why you would want that. I don't understand the functionality of it.
1: Yeah, I was just trying to work out. Well, I wonder if it's it. the same thing. Because
0: it's literally a coffee table. Yeah. And then there's a smaller coffee table <laughs> above it. And then you've got some – each one's got, the common one is each panel's got the two, you know, two ends. So the two legs on either side and there's little feet joining the two together. Okay. Yeah. No, that's not what I made. Why? So you've, so you've got like a shelf. To make It'll your lose crap under it. To make your coffee table nice and asymmetrical. So just it, it doesn't work in the center of a room. I don't get it.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's not my thing. I wouldn't have yeah. it in my house, but whatever.
1: Yeah. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Well, it, it was if, pretty if cool. gonna
0: give you for it, then go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty cool to like research it, um, yeah. you know, and, and figure out it's something completely new. Go into SketchUp, draw it up, send them the the plan that I want to do. They said okay. Mm. It's it's nice because it's family because it's, it's relaxed. Yeah, but. It was nice to go through the process of what it, this is what you would be doing with customers.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that first, get a drawing out, get that initial idea onto some paper on the screen, mm. and then kind of sit back and think, now, can I actually make it?
0: And how will I do that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's the very pro- satisfying. The problem with it, we'll just go off topic for a little bit here. The problem with it is you've got the two halves, so you technically shouldn't have a rail. Um, mm. you, you, your rail doesn't run from leg to leg, so you have this this pivot point in the middle that's very weak, and I'm still to figure out how to get around that mm. Mm. in my drawing, yeah, I've yeah. just run the rail through all the way from the one leg to the other, so you've got like the the small top of the coffee table, a gap, and then the rail runs so it, it kinda it doesn't look bad, it looks quite nice, but it's not truly. The split-level coffee table idea. That why they don't you were going put
1: for. the if you if you want. Why don't you put the drawing or add drawing on uh, Discord and we can like yeah discuss yeah. it. Okay, that's a really we good can, idea. Um,
2: we can pick all the issues with it, but not give you any <laughs> criticism. Positive <laughs> criticism. <laughs> yeah. they good feedback. Yeah, we will just give you bad feedback. Yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah.
0: All right. So tonight. Uh, this is a topic from Jordan Mm. and it's about keeping staying motivated. Um, John, do you want to just give us a rundown of
2: where this idea came from? The idea of keeping motivated can be kind of adapted to a lot of areas. So like for me and Joey in particular, it could be, um, you know, keeping motivated when the work quietens down and, you know, just keep swinging forward or, uh, if you're on a long drawn out project, which is just taking forever and you just, you know, you know, you've got to get it done, but you just want to be done with it right now, which is kind of like uh, Robin's bathroom renovation to, well, from my understanding anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, personally, from my standpoint, uh, with, you know, the delay this month and just having terrible, not terrible, sorry, clients, uh, needy clients wanting everything explained to them. Uh, it's just been like that that week where it's I just want to get the hell out of my workshop, go on holiday, and forget it. You know, forget it for a week just so I can freshen my batteries and come back. But that obviously can't happen. So, kind of what I was looking at was some uh, ways of keeping motivated um, when the going is either getting tough or just getting you know long and drawn out. Does that, does that even make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah it does okay cool yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I mean for my situation right now it's you know it's a good one I'm just doing a lot of repetitive tasks and when that happens for me in the workshop here in, in particular it's hard for me to just keep doing the same thing over and over again and not just go and grab a coffee and sit down behind the computer and do some emails when the task at hand is just repetitive. This week in particular, it was two days of gluing up panels just so I can make some panels. Um, yeah. You know, like it it just seems like a really mundane task. So essentially what I ended up doing here is I've got this paid project, which is a commission on the go. It's got no set deadline. So what I've actually found to be really helpful for me anyway yeah. is to get to a kind of self-made um checkpoint which is half the panels are glued up and then i actually afford myself some time to do something that i want to do and in this case for me it's i'm sitting down behind my computer and i'm teaching myself a few skills with fusion 360 which is uh, if you guys haven't heard of it it's kind of like just a cad software which is parametric and very in-depth software you can do a lot with it but it's pretty steep learning curve uh, and for me, I mean, that's worked out really well for project-based where it's just over and over doing the same thing. And that that's just mixing it up a little bit. And, I mean, ordinarily, I'd have more than one project on here. I'd, I'd usually have one big one and a couple of small ones. So generally, I'd just do that where I'd do the big project, reach this deadline, and move on to a small project like Cutting Board or whatever it is. Um, yeah. And that that's enough to keep things interesting um but that that is kind of a trick that i'm
1: using um i don't uh, know what you guys just, kind of do uh, well just interestingly you said about having no deadline is good for you for jobs yeah i think it's probably good for everybody but um i find if, if someone often clients will say oh look no rush on this job, just do it when you can and get get it to us in a couple of months or something yeah that's that is the worst for me because um it was it's just going to get left behind because mm-hmm. I'll just keep putting it off and putting it off because the next client wants theirs actually does want theirs done at a certain time, and so I'm mm-hmm. like right that just you just get being bumped down the calendar line um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I've found in the past, I just don't get onto it. And then next thing you know, it, it get lit, you know kind of gets wiped off the whiteboard and then it's gone and you get a random email a month later saying, oh, you're just about finished. And you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah.
2: See, I think a deadline actually, if it's a tight deadline, is better for my workflow because uh, it kind of adds that little bit of extra stress to get the job out there so you remain focused the whole time. Like I, I do enjoy having a deadline a lot of the time. But it is a nice change to not have a strict deadline. I mean I've got my own set deadlines because if I don't have this thing out by, you know, whatever date, then the next project's going to start falling behind. So yeah. those sort of the deadlines will always be in place for me. But when it is a you know easygoing client who's given me you know, design freedom and design uh, and um, time frame freedom. It's that thing where it's it's a bit of a positive, but it's also a bit of a negative. So it's just finding that middle ground where I can keep moving forward with it, but not drive myself insane.
0: Um, it's it's very funny to hear you guys. Well, John, you particularly talk about you struggle to keep to to you know when. You've got this mundane job going on. you struggle to stay motivated, but at the end of the day, like you're getting, you're getting paid paid for that. So how, not to say that you should just be a mindless worker, but like, isn't that, is, doesn't that make it worth it? The funny thing about me and my business, and I
2: don't think it's a good thing. And I don't know if Joey could relate to this or not, but it's not really about the fact that I'm getting paid. Like I don't see my job as my job, you know, like this is my life. And that's what it is. Like I build stuff and as long as I can pay the rent, I'm happy. Um, but yeah, I mean, the money for me is not really a huge motivator because I know it's there. Um, I wouldn't be doing this job if the money wasn't there, for one. So the motivator is getting something done, which I like doing and you know, having a happy client at the end of the day. Like my client's response is more important to me than them depositing the money into my mm. bank account in a timely manner fashion i mean that has to happen because
1: like i said you got rent and bills to pay but it's not the money not strictly the reward is it, it no um, it's not the reward at all in fact it's just, it's just the byproduct of what i'm doing and for me more often than not lately the money is is far less than i should be getting or oh yeah for whatever reason the money is just um, coming in way too slow and yeah so yeah, well, i enjoyed doing the work it's like the, keeping the money actually flowing is completely different thing it's it's almost unrelated <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> because going going from the doing the mundane jobs to now i'm going to start learning fusion 360 just sounds like well that's just that's just wrong because you've gone from a, i'm running the business to now i'm no longer making money for the business so yeah it just well, if you like don't that's...
2: develop your skills how are you going to further your business
0: oh oh yeah no i mean i appreciate that but it's just yeah it, maybe it's because of where i am but right now my biggest motivation is to make as much money as i can on this business mm-hmm. that that is it you know i mean i
2: don't think you would be if you're wanting to get rich in this industry choose a different industry because you're not going to get rich being a furniture maker. I've heard that before. Like just get out right now because it's not going to get you million dollar entrepreneurship. I mean, yeah, you'll make a living and hopefully it will be a comfortable one. But Mm. like this is not an industry where we can charge an hourly rate and get paid for it. It's industry where your product is what will drive customers to us. And, um, I think that has to be also a big, like if, speaking of motivation, money can't be your motivation if that's the only thing that's going, because I can make easily three times as much as I make here per year out in the events industry. If I just tour for 12 months instead of, you know, Mm. working here, I'll make way more, but it doesn't bring me any real joy anymore. I used to like it, but not anymore. And it feels like a job. Whereas when I come here and I open up early in the morning and I start cutting wood and all of that, you know, I'm enjoying what I'm doing, but mm-hmm. motivation will fall behind because, I mean, that's what humans are. We lose motivation very easily. <laughs> you know? So yeah, we got to find ways of building,
0: I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah we, we talked about the, the bathroom renovation and um, that's, obviously being a very long lengthy project the what's the I mean what's the longest um because John you you predominantly do tables up until recently yeah. um, oh, still. <laughs> <laughs> Joey what's the longest project that you've had uh commission mm.
1: um probably two week job Not not too long. It's not very long at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's something that still actually I find tricky to maintain is that, like I said earlier, I mean, I made a door in eight and a half hours over one and a bit days. Um, That used to be a week's job for me when I first started, like Mm -hmm. getting a door job. like Right, that's me for a week. But now, one I've got a part time employee to pay for um, so pretty much any money I made off that eight and a half hour job is pretty much paid for him for the week um and so then I've still got to smash out another job that week to kind of make my own my money so um, I find. <clears throat> That I, I'm just having to work faster and faster. Mm. Which and and to make the money, you've got to work fast, which is perfectly doable. A lot of people say you can't work fast and have quality, but I don't believe that's true. You just need to have um a good idea of what you're actually doing. Yeah. Like what, have a plan, you know? Um I think um I just lost my train of thought there.
0: mm <laughs> The, the, the reason why I was asking about the the length of the jobs that you take on as, as commissions is I think that has a lot to do with that motivation from just from my perspective, when you get stuck in a, in a, in a, a job for a long time and you, you're not, you're not finishing it and you're not going to finish it for yeah. a long time, that must be pretty, pretty draining. That dining table that I yeah. did over the course of about a month. About halfway in, I was just remember just thinking, I'm so bored. I want to do something else. And do you get that, think, that rush? Like if,
2: because I, I I know the exact feeling that you're talking about there, Robin. And if I get that feeling and I don't stop and put tools down and just get a change of scenery for a minute, I'll find that I start rushing things, and then the, the quality starts to
0: slip. But the problem is, is is and. As soon as you, as soon as you stop and you say, "That's it, I'm taking a break," it, it to me that equates to not defeat, but like you are, you are now, you are now pushing it, and the minute you give yourself that that leeway to push it that little bit, you're going to go back to work, and and this time instead of doing a, a two-hour or a four-hour stint. You're going to do a three hour stint and then, oh, now I'm tired. I'm going to take a break. And then the next time you're going to do a two hour stint. Now I'm tired. (laughs) So as soon as you let that, like that, let's just call it laziness. As soon as you let that Mm -hmm. laziness creep in, you, you've given up, you've thrown in the towel. Um,
2: I mean, I can, I can understand. And I do agree with what you're saying to a degree, but at the same time, like, So, you know, last year when I did my finger injury, Mm. that was me being in a rush for a a tight deadline, which was the following day. It was a last-minute addition, and it was also, I have been working on this for 16 hours today, and this guy just rang me wanting another bull, swear word, right here. Um, You know, this this is bull crap. I can't be bothered doing this, but I have to do it. So I get onto it and I take this shortcut, and that results in, a, in an injury. And since doing something like that, my mindset has changed a lot of that. Nothing is so important that it is, you know, worth dead. De- what's the word I'm looking for? You know, putting yourself at, at risk or the project itself at risk. Mm. And, um, you know, so I've changed my, my train of thought to make sure that I am always fresh and aware and my head is in the job since that and i think this is maybe a little bit of that thing and uh gareth has put a good comment which i i just saw here which is jord is changing jobs but not stopping working and that that's an important thing to kind of keep in perspective Mm. that yes i'm stopping work on this project but i'm still working i'm working on either my business i'm working on a different project i'm working on you know, building skills which will further my hopeful development in these certain areas. And that, yeah, that's a good. That's point. a thing. I'm not just stopping and sitting down and having a cup of tea and watching some Netflix. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting down and I'm doing yeah. something that
1: is related to. Yeah, that's. True. That is actually um, something. Yeah, really good point. And it, I'm um, certainly, i um, probably, Jordan, you're the same. Is that? I very rarely can stand at my workbench for eight hours and actually work. It's like I get to the workshop, I've got emails, maybe I'll go and put glue two bits of wood together, I'll run out and I'll do something on another job and then maybe I've got to draw something off and email it off to a client. So the actual amount of physical woodworking I do is probably these days more like four and a half to five hours Yeah, over the day.
0: Yeah. I'll, so so, I'll so Joey, you on. don't actually... You don't work per se eight hours a day. Not anymore. I just can't because
1: a lot, of, I'd say a third of business is making sure the business is coming in.
0: Mm. The reason I the I've reason, got to, Sorry, the reason I asked that is like the times when I can be in the workshop and working for a full day, like after a couple of hours, I'm tired. Like my brain's sore from, from thinking so much, you know, so much um You know, so much is going on. So that's that's why I ask. Is I mean, is that the same thing? Yeah. As you
1: and, and it's definitely taught me to be super efficient because I now I know that I don't have super long time just to sit and think about what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I'm al- always got a problem kind of swirling around in the back of my head. So I know next time I walk into the workshop, I know exactly what piece of wood I'm going to grab and do this to it, and then I'm at the step and. Um, that's something I wanted to bring up when you were talking about the bigger jobs, um, Robin, Mm. is that certainly when I was in the building game, we'd, we'd show up to a blank piece of dirt and you've got three months on that site Mm. and you've got to build a house. Yeah. Um, And you could quite easily, and certainly there are. I've seen tradesmen who just are sick of life. Like they don't want to be there. Just, you know, (laughs) you can tell the kind just by the way they walk. Um, I always, for me, it was an awesome challenge. And I still feel that way about all jobs is that I want to get in there, this thing, even as basic as it might be. And my motivation is to, I'm going to smash this job out and make it look awesome and i'm going to do it under budget or in time or whatever the constraint may be Mm. and i've thought through all these problems and the fact that i'm thinking ahead puts me ahead of like half of the tradesmen out there anyway um so having like a plan and then saying right day one this has got to happen by the end of this week this has got to happen and then kind of have, have these checkpoints where you can um you kind of get a little bit of a high from getting to a stopping point and making a target mm. on a much larger project. Mm. And so breaking things Bastard. down and having smaller victories over the course of a bigger job certainly makes you feel a lot better about about yourself.
2: Yeah. Um, and, and the thing about the contrast between when you're working construction is there's always someone that you can point the finger at. <laughs> like, oh, no, we can't install the countertops till until the Sparky's done these points. Oh, but the Sparky can't put these in until the plumber's done this trap and then we can't do this. Mm. They, you know, there's always that mentality that when you're working for yourself, I can't do this because, okay, no, I can't blame anyone for this. I'm just going to have to pull my finger out and get on with it. Um, yeah,
1: there's,
2: yep. <laughs> But there's a little point which I was going to say with, uh, like, add on to it. And that was with regards to, you know, we're only really getting four and a half hours of actual woodworking time in. And that is, don't forget that if you're going to be a furniture maker, you're running a business and you need to make time to work on your business and Mm. in your business. There's a stark Mm. contrast. And that's where so many businesses, at least from my uh, perspective, fail. And that is they spend 100% of their time working on the, uh, in the business so making the product or whatever but they are not working on the business you know marketing getting new clients and that's where i i fell down a lot um is that you know i'm lucky that all my clients are just walking or word of mouth but i haven't done anything to actually go and look for clients other than the odd you know email here and there to just let people know that i'm in the area mm. um so yeah yeah, you know, that's the other thing. Is that there's more to being a furniture maker or a woodworker than just woodworking. Um,
0: and that yeah, gets- from a from a DIY perspective, um, I think it's it's a different it's a different ball game. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I talked about that bathroom renovation and keeping motivated. The last time I had a project this big was back in Adelaide in my old place when I did redid my backyard and i did a video about it uh, and halfway through the video i did a little just a little piece on this feeling of you you have this big project and you say right i'm going to redo my backyard and you just come through with a with a bulldozer and you just flatten it mm. and now you've gone from having a a pretty junky rubbish yeah. backyard to no backyard yeah. And yeah. It, yeah it's that horrible feeling of now I've, I've got to do something it's not like i can just push this now i have to do something um and that's where I think it really it really piles on that that pressure, and that's where you start to lose that motivation. I know with this bathroom, the pressure of there's there's one bathroom, one toilet, it's got to be done, it's got to be done now, and it's got to be done right. That's that's really made me struggle from a motivation perspective. Mm. Totally, yeah. And. Mm. Uh, t- Moving slightly away from woodworking, but still in line with the podcast, talking about motivation. I know there's a lot of uh, YouTubers on this podcast. Um, I think YouTube motivation, staying motivated to be to, you know, <laughs> as a as a YouTuber, is pretty tricky as is. Oh yeah, I saw a video literally this afternoon about um, how it was a someone put out a someone tweeted about their video is not showing up on the subscription feed. So if you're unaware that's, you know, you subscribe to a channel and then whenever they put out a, a video, yeah. you see it in the subscription feed. Apparently YouTube is now starting to, um, what's the curate, your subscription feed. And this oh, was the, sure. that was like that's the, nice. <laughs> it was like YouTube has been messing around with our sub, with our subscribers, like who, you know, people we gain and lose subscribers yeah you know, off they they own the home page, they own the training page. The subscription list was like your it was like your last our last bastion of hope. And now YouTube has basically come out and said, We're adjusting this on your behalf. Anyway. <laughs> yes guys Appreciate that. Yeah. I just thought if there's anyone out there who's struggling to stay motivated on youtube uh life's about to get a bit,
2: <laughs> a bit worse even harder you know it's funny that you bring up that because i was i had something very similar to that that i was going to say but i didn't know that they were going to curate the uh subscription so that's great news
1: awesome so what exactly does that mean do you know robin are they just deciding who who gets to see or gets a notification
0: so when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is I go to, I click on subscriptions. So then, you know, over the last 24 hours, everyone who's released a video that that shows up in chronological order. Now, what YouTube is saying is it's no longer, um, well, they, they haven't said it in an official statement, but mm-hmm. they've replied to a tweet that sort of, very heavily insinuated this. You're now no longer going to see it at 24 hour, in my case, because it's been 24 hours. You're not Mm going to see a chronological list of what's come out. They are going to say, well, you seem to like this video more. We're going to show these at the top. We might not even show this video because you haven't watched this channel in a while. That's not cool. (laughs) I mean, Instagram.
2: (laughs) I would be fine with that if they also had like traditional subscription and yeah. then curated lists like that's fine. That sounds like a, cl- a good idea. Uh, so yeah. if it's something like that, I'm all for it. But if they're literally removing that function of being able to see what your, your, um,
0: you know, the creators that you subscribe to are showing up, that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. There's a, a channel called H3H3 productions. They're quite popular and, um, yeah, just before this podcast, he put out a video where he mentioned this. So you'll probably find over the next 24 hours, this this will be on the the YouTube news cycle that this is going on. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, wow, that's great news. <laughs> <laughs> so a little, little motivation for you guys. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else, any other nuggets of wisdom that we can impart without it being typical cliches. Uh, if it doesn't fit together get a bigger
2: hammer that
1: sort yep. of stuff then i do yeah mm-hmm.
0: one one thing that i will say that you know earlier on we were talking about how i'm never going to do another renovation i know i'm saying that now but i know that in 2 months i'm going to want to do another renovation and yeah. i guess from a keeping motiv- keeping motivated perspective just keeping your eye on that prize the whole yeah. time if you can do that you'll get through it that that for me is the knowing that a it's going to end at some stage and b i'm going to have done it is is what gets me through mm-hmm.
1: also also the bigger the project when you finish it the better you feel i think mm-hmm. the completion kind of satisfaction and you kind of sit back and oh i think thank god that's finished and i feel awesome it looks good and what am I doing tomorrow? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's really true. Someone on on Instagram because I, I I put a picture of the the tiling work, um, or it might have been on, on that that vlog video. Um, someone someone left a comment like, "Wow, you've 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 got such a beautiful bathroom now." And I looked, and I went, "Yeah, I do." You know, as much as, like, I'm dying yeah. on the inside because this has just been so much pressure, I have a really cool-looking bathroom, and that's that that end goal. And yep. you get to pat yourself on the back and feel good. And stress every time someone turns on the, the tap that it's going to leak somewhere. <laughs> the only thing I'll be
2: stressed about is uh, that quarter turn for full pressure. Yeah. That, that like... I, I don't know how your basin is, but when I hit the tap too hard and it sprays all over me and I leave <laughs> looking like I've wet myself, it's just <laughs> the most annoying thing. Yeah,
0: yeah that's true. I didn't think about that. But Put a little water regulation. Well, it's not too bad in the, the shower, shower, I suppose. You're getting wet anyway. That's and yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> and Townsville, as you know, Townsville's got pretty rough weather and everyone knows that I'm not a big fan of it, but they have fantastic water pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jet flask out of the, the tap. Yes, so you
2: things. can actually, you descale yourself in the shower. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, well, what are we all watching? Joey, do you want to start? Right,
1: yeah, sure. Um, I'm sure we've mentioned this before. And if I haven't, <clears throat> that's stupid of me. Uh, click Spring. Mm. Go subscribe. Um, yeah. Phenomenal. His video series is now on the Antikythera. Is it? how you say it? I right <laughs> <laughs> is what I'm saying. Give <laughs> but... me
0: the link. I took about five minutes saying, whatever. and I bet you just said whatever. I'll let Joey say it. <laughs> I forget. Um,
1: uh, this crazy thing was fished up out of the ocean. He's remaking it. Um, it's uh, essentially the world's first analog computer. And I can't like, the video, I, I don't know how many good things I can say about this video, but what... So the last ninety percent of the video is like classic, awesome Clickspring doing his thing, but this one is quite different. And he opens the video with a two minute, about a two minutes of kind of dialogue about what he's going to make about the uh, about the moon phases and um, eclipses and such. And he just put together like proper TV quality movie quality mm-hmm. piece of footage and voiceover and overlays and explained it so well even though i had no idea what the maths was happening on that on the screen he was yeah, talking well, like we all understood the the maths. There, but <laughs> yeah what? yeah okay he like, he's like oh you can see the x is cancelled out but blah blah, blah. And you're like oh yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> you can totally see that yeah <laughs> yeah but i mean just crazy and I appreciate that the videos are getting spaced apart further because Mm. and when you see how much work goes into them but uh, awesome awesome stuff
2: yeah i uh, i can vouch to him like even the other thing i love about his videos is that he's trying to make it as era accurate as possible so he's using tooling that he makes himself that he would have used back in the day and it's just like that blows my mind that he's so committed to making something in an accurate manner. I mean, yeah, he uses his lathe and his mill and stuff for certain things, but he yeah. always shows the way they probably would have done it. And explained that yeah. these tools were around and it's just oh, factual and entertaining and everything. It's great.
0: It's the best, best content. Yeah. Quick, quick side note um, or question, I guess. How do you guys find the very long series like that? I, like I looked at the video and I thought, this looks really interesting. But I just don't know if, if I have the the resources to go back and start. Um,
1: <laughs> personally, I'm super, super interested in this particular project. And so I'll watch every second of it. And halfway through his clock video is when I found him, <clears throat> his clock series, I got half you know, got, found him halfway through that and just loved the content and yeah. what he did. Um, I'm absolutely not a metal worker, but I appreciate it. What he's doing, so I could definitely watch what he produces all day. So
2: yeah, there's just something about watching someone with high tolerance work, (laughs) putting out high quality. But I personally, I quite like the longer format. I mean, especially, I mean, other YouTubers, I wouldn't say this about, but for Clickspring, I love that long format multi-part even though it takes mm. so long between videos that it's like oh crap what did you do on the last one i'll just go back and re-watch the whole series <laughs> up until this point for the sixth time and you're yeah. still entertained it's so good like i, I often will go back and watch these videos for the fifth sixth time so mm. yeah i like him cool Cool. Uh, is that me uh okay i have a fairly new channel to me which was submitted to me via my uh, neighbor and that is jeffrey Croker. he is a fellow kiwi um so you know representing our little hemisphere here and his all about machinery restoration which is something that i'm really into uh so i was I started on him with a drill press restoration, this old English heavy metal uh, drill press. And he's not just restoring machinery, but he is taking it to the next level. Like he's re parts on the machines that he's fixing or he's mm-hmm. like he's doing sand castings of the drill press table because it had too many holes in it. And he tried to braze it uh, with carbon rod, uh, sorry, not carbon, with cast rod. <laughs> uh and ended up getting cracks, so he just recast the whole thing and then he took it to a sand uh sand casting and it's just like the level of detail that he puts into it is incredible, mm-hmm. but what's more amazing to me as a actual video creator is how concise his videos are <laughs> like mm-hmm. he keeps it to a ten minute video length generally or maybe fifteen minute, but the amount of information that he puts into it is huge and he's also got that classic Kiwi like humor that i just i can't get enough of some people don't get it but to me i just
0: i can't get enough of it so
2: if it's cool. what you're into check it out
0: mm. my pick is also a another local aussie um he's his name's vic he's down under woodworks oh yeah he's cool yeah, yeah. um he's yeah He's he's got a lot of cool videos. This one in particular that he put out this week, he made a jig for drilling dowels. He was making a yeah, yeah. plant stand, and the it was just a really interesting jig. And it's it really got me thinking. Like you could you could really mass produce this jig to work with sort of standard size dowels. But w- what he did is he was able to drill. or or notch out of a round dowel so that you have that dowel wrapping around perpendicular another Mm. dowel and i've I've always wondered how you could do that Mm. and he made this really simple jig and it just worked so well in product and then using dowels he could join the two dowels together Mm. yeah super cool super interesting i actually had this week i had so many videos that i wanted to put on this list Um, yeah me too i've i had to narrow it down so many good ones this week but yeah um vic got my vote because yeah it was a a very cool video and obviously he's local so
2: yeah i might break with tradition and just give a quick shout out to um white dog garage he's got a new youtube channel uh he's he's a regular listener of this channel too, and a long time uh, follower of my channel. so I do want to give him a shout out because he's just done a um like a little machining video on his channel, but he does machining and woodworking of some uh bearing race cedars and it was an awesome video as far as info to like entertainment was just balanced
0: really nice
2: so I'll give a quick shout out to him too.
0: So. okay. So all of the three videos that we've just mentioned uh, will be down below. White Dog Garage is not there, but was Jordan's White Dog Garage? Yeah, White Dog Garage. Bob all right. Over there. We've said it about five times now, so I'm <laughs> sure you guys will pick it up. We'll pick it up. Cool. All right. Um, well, that's about it. Uh, Joey, Jordan, anything else you want to add to the show before we wrap it up? Oh, no, not, not for me.
1: No. Go make something.
0: Cool. All right, everyone. Well, thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, Thanks to everyone in the chat again. We had a nice busy one tonight, which was great. And we'll see you all again same time next Thursday. Cheers.